Our sermons this summer have all been based on the, the book of the prophet Zechariah. And we haven't made it through every single thing Zechariah said. But today is the last day that we're going to read from Zechariah. One more section pointing us to Jesus. From Zechariah chapters 12 and 13. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. On that day the weeping in Jerusalem will be as great as the weeping of Hadad Rimmon in the plain of Megiddo. The land will mourn, each clan by itself, with the wives by themselves, the clan of the house of David and their wives, the clan of the house of Nathan and their wives, the clan of the house of Levi and their wives, the clan of Shimei and their wives, and all the rest of the clans and their wives. On that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. This is God's word. Dear friends of Jesus, in my office I have a, a painting hanging on the wall. And it's the painting that I had printed on the front of your worship folder today. Can you just take that out and look at it for a second? It's a painting of Martin Luther preaching in his church. But if you look at that painting, hopefully you can tell that the focus in the painting isn't actually on Martin Luther or on the people that he's preaching to. Whom is the focus on? Jesus, and where is Jesus? He's on the cross. And so the man who painted this painting, he, he was somebody who heard Martin Luther preach. He caught on to something. When Martin Luther preached, he was always pointing people to Jesus on the cross. And so when people heard Martin Luther preach, they didn't think of Martin Luther. They didn't see Martin Luther. When people heard Martin Luther preach, whom did they see? They saw Jesus died on the cross for them. This is what a Christian preacher is to preach. To point people to Jesus on the cross. Now, of course, that wasn't something that Martin Luther came up with on his own. That's something that Paul talks about in the Bible. Paul says in 1 Corinthians to the believers in Corinth, he, he tells them, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence and human wisdom as I proclaimed the testimony about God to you for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It sounds like there's a surprising thing happening in the city of Corinth. People were actually making fun of Paul's preaching. Can you imagine it? People were actually making fun of Paul, the preacher. They were saying to him, you don't have much eloquence. You don't preach with wise and persuasive words. And you know what Paul said? You're right. I came to you just to tell you about Jesus. About Jesus and Him crucified. This is the message a Christian preacher preaches. It's Christ crucified. But even the best pastor can't actually point people to Jesus on his own. Do you know who is the only one who can actually point people to Jesus? the Holy Spirit. And so as we have this last summer sermon from the book of Zechariah, we listen to one more promise from God to his people. 
God said to his people, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. So for people to look on God, whom do they need poured out on their hearts? Holy Spirit. According to the Bible, you and I can't know God's truth on our own. According to the Bible, we're we're blind to the truth about God. We need the Holy Spirit to actually see Jesus. God promised he would pour out his Spirit so that people could look on him, the one they had pierced. Hopefully that phrase sounds familiar. The one they had pierced. What's that talking about? talking about the cross. So the Holy Spirit was going to let God's people see God in a very specific place. The Holy Spirit was going to show people Jesus dying for them on the cross. If you remember the story of Jesus dying on the cross, this verse from Zechariah actually gets quoted in, in the Gospels. Think about Jesus on the cross, it's Good Friday, and as the day drug on, the Roman soldiers decided they really needed to make sure the three people on their cross had died. So you remember what the Roman soldiers did to the other two people, not Jesus, but the other two, what they did to them? They broke their legs. Crucifixion is just awful all the way around to make them die faster. But when they came to Jesus, they noticed that Jesus was already dead. So instead of breaking Jesus' legs, what did they do to him? One of the soldiers took a spear and pierced Jesus' side and outflowed blood and water. And at that moment, John, as he writes his gospel, he says, this was to fulfill what the prophet Zechariah said. They will look on the one they have pierced, which makes it an amazing prophecy. Zechariah lived 500 years before Good Friday, and he wrote down the Holy Spirit is going to help God's people look on the one they have pierced. Don't you notice something in in these verses? We have here a a powerful passage in the Old Testament that teaches the Trinity. Remember what the Trinity is? We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, people today like to say that's a made-up concept, especially people like to say that's something that the Old Testament never talks about. It's not true. In these verses, when we hear a voice say, I will pour out my Spirit, Who's speaking? God is God speaking, right? And yet, according to that voice, who was the one who was going to be pierced? Did you catch what words it says? It says, they will look on me. God is speaking, and who was going to be pierced? God was. So is Jesus God? Of course he is. Right here in the Old Testament, we have a verse where we hear about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and what all three of them did, the Holy Trinity, on Good Friday. On Good Friday, God the Father sent His Son to die on the cross and He poured out His Spirit into people's hearts to see it. On Good Friday, God the Son, Jesus, died on the cross and let Himself be pierced for our salvation. On Good Friday, the Holy Spirit worked in people's hearts to look on the one that they had pierced. So what should we do? Well, what the Bible tells us to do is something kind of unexpected. It says, mourn. 
They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him. As the Holy Spirit shows us Jesus on the cross, the first thing that the Holy Spirit leads us to do is to mourn. Why? Well, why was Jesus on the cross? Because of my sin. Because of your sin. Sorrow for our sins is at the heart of repentance. When the Holy Spirit shows us Jesus on the cross, what he does is he opens our eyes to what we have done to Jesus. He opens our eyes to how serious the sin in our hearts is. When you see Jesus on the cross, you're meant to mourn sorrow. Sorrow for our sins is at the heart of repentance. So do you live like that? Do you live your life as though every sin you commit is like you nailing a nail into the hand of Jesus? Do you live each day mourning your sins because your sins are what put Jesus on the cross? We're not just talking about every once in a while saying, oh, sorry. But listen to what Zechariah writes. He says they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and bitterly grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. These are some powerful words. Do you know someone who has lost a child? Twice in my ministry as a pastor, I've been called to, to go to someone's house on the day that their young child died unexpectedly. And it was awful. Just to watch a mother mourn for her only child. I hope I never have to see that again. That is the mourning of a truly repentant heart over our sins. They will mourn for him as one mourns over an only child. That is how sad our sins against God are to be. Now, as if that weren't a powerful enough picture, Zechariah gives another example. He says, on that day, the mourning of Jerusalem will be as great as the mourning of Hadad Rimen in the plain of Megiddo. What's that talking about? In Zechariah's day, everybody would have known. Do you know who it's talking about? It's talking about Josiah. You heard about good King Josiah in the Bible? Josiah was a little boy who, when he was eight years old, became the king of God's people. And he was a good king. He was good because he believed in God. He loved the Lord and led God's people toward God and his promises. He was finally the good king that everybody longed to have. But when Josiah was 39 years old, he was suddenly killed in a battle in the plain of Megiddo. And everybody mourned for him. The Bible even tells us that the prophet Jeremiah, he wrote songs of lament. And all the people together sadly sang songs of lament because they lost their king. That's what the mourning of true repentance looks like. That's the sorrow over our sins that the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. When you look on the one that you pierced, we're told that the, the whole land will mourn all the clans by themselves. And then we get this list. 
that the clans of the house of David and their wives will mourn, and the clans of the house of Nathan, and the clans of the house of Levi, and the clans of the house of Shimei, and all the other clans too, they're going to mourn. And the point is, who needs to mourn over their sins? Everybody. Every family. Every person. Who needs to repent of their sins? Everybody. Every family. Every person. And the names that we hear, David, Nathan, Levi, Shimei, are interesting. Last week, we heard about two special roles that Jesus has. Somebody remember? Priest and king. Jesus is our priest and king. Do you know these four names? Do you know who they were? They were kings and priests. Even the best people in Israel needed to mourn. Even the best people in Israel needed to repent of their sins. Every single one of them. Levi lived 2,000 years before Jesus died on the cross. But he was there. He was there when Jesus died. David lived a thousand years before Jesus died on the cross. But he was there. He was there when Jesus died. I was too. You were too. Because it was our sins that put him there. When you hear the story about Judas betraying Jesus, I was there with him. Not with Jesus, with with Judas. When you hear about all the disciples abandoning Jesus and fleeing, I was there with them. When you hear about Peter denying Jesus three times, I've done that too. When you hear that the crowds of people shouted, crucify him, crucify him, realize you and I were shouting with them. When those Roman soldiers nailed Jesus' hands to the cross, you and I were there pounding the nails in two. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Look on the one you have pierced. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our hearts. He shows us how serious sin is. He shows us how inside us, each one of us wants to put God to death so that we can be the God of our lives. Look on the one you've pierced. Mourn and repent. And then see what Jesus has done for you. After all this about mourning, Zechariah adds one more verse. He says, on that day, a fountain will be opened to the house of David and to the people of Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sin and impurity. The Holy Spirit wants to look to us to look to Jesus on the cross to, to mourn for our sins and repent of our sins so that we can see what Jesus actually did for us on the cross. On the cross, Jesus opened up a fountain. A fountain to cleanse God's people from sin and from impurity. What was that fountain? The Bible says the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. At the cross of Jesus, Jesus opened up a fountain by giving his life to cleanse us from sin, from impurity. Those two words remind us that when we sin against God, there's really two things that happen. When we sin against God, we deserve God's punishment. 
That's why you get that kind of ominous, guilty feeling. You know what I'm talking about? You deserve God's punishment. And at the same time, when we sin, we also feel ashamed. We feel dirty and impure, unclean. Which of those two things did Jesus cleanse us from? Both of them. The guilt and the shame. The sin and the impurity. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the punishment that we owe to God. You are not guilty. In God's eyes, you're forgiven. When Jesus died on the cross, he took away all of the shame for our sins. Your sins have been washed away. You are forgiven. Look on the one You've pierced. See, when you look on the cross of Jesus, you get to see the amazing grace of God. God is able to take the worst thing that human beings have ever done and use it to save us. I don't think I've ever really noticed this before. God took the worst thing that human people have ever done before, crucifying the innocent Son of God. God took the very worst thing that people have ever done and what did he use it to do? Save us. It's not God amazing. We get a peek into his grace and his power. The Romans invented crucifixion as the worst possible way for someone to die. And God took that terrible thing and he made it into a beautiful symbol of his love for us. God took our worst and he made it into his best. And all this is just one little key. And it's faith. It's faith in what Jesus has done for you. You see, repentance isn't just about sorrow. Being sorry for our sins, it's it's just half of it. Repentance is about, through faith in Jesus, seeing what Jesus has done to take all of our sins away. You see, when you sin, feeling bad about it isn't the solution. When you sin, promising to never do it again doesn't make it right. When you see sin saying, I'm going to try harder, doesn't take that sin away. What we need is, is the fountain. The fountain that Jesus opened up at the cross. The Holy Spirit shows us the one we pierced so we can see how Jesus came to wash all of our sins away. Jesus knows what you're really like. And he still loves you. Isn't that great? Jesus knows what you've done to him. He knows what you've said against him. And he still loves you. Jesus knows what you've done to other people. He knows what you've said against other people. He knows that evil that you plot in your heart against other people. Jesus knows you. And he still loves you. Jesus has seen you at your very worst. And when you were at your very worst, what did he do for you? He died for you. Jesus knows exactly what you're like. And he loves you. This is why we look on the one that we've pierced. This was the message of Paul in the Bible, Christ crucified. It was the message of Martin Luther, Christ crucified. This is to be the message of anyone who speaks in God's name and Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's because all of us need to know that we're loved. All of us need to know that we matter. And too often it seems like all of life is screaming out to us that we don't. Everybody seems to let us down. Everybody seems to criticize us. Everybody seems at one point or another to turn against us. All of us have had the feeling that, you know, if I weren't here, nobody would even notice. 
And you know what the Holy Spirit says? That's not true. Just look at the one you've pierced. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. That means that you matter. That means that you're special. You are the most important person in the world to the most important person in the world. Understand that? You are the most important person in the world to the most important person in the world. Maybe you say, well, it sounds impossible. How am I supposed to believe that? Well, this is why you need whom? The Holy Spirit. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. We would never repent of our sins without the Holy Spirit. We're too proud and self-righteous for that. And we would never believe in Jesus as our Savior without the Holy Spirit. It all sounds too good to be true. And so God in His grace, He pours out the Spirit on us whenever we hear God's Word. And the Holy Spirit shows us over and over again, look at Jesus die for you. Look at Jesus die for you. The Holy Spirit shows us God's grace, His undeserved love for us in Jesus over and over and over again. This is the Spirit's job to point us to the one whom we pierced. And you know, the, the more you hear about Jesus, it might sound ironic, but the more you hear about Jesus, the more you'll recognize your sin. Because you'll think to yourself, how could I do that against him? When he loves me so much, how, how could I do that? And we mourn. And we repent, and then the Holy Spirit lifts up our eyes to see Jesus dying on the cross for us. And he reminds us there's a fountain that has washed all of our sins away, and we're forgiven. And so we say, I want to live for Jesus. I want to follow what Jesus says. I want to live for Jesus. And all of that is wrapped up in the cross of Christ. I hope that you cling to the cross of Jesus. It's not just a little piece of jewelry to wear around your neck. It's not just a nice thing to put on the wall. It's not a, just a decoration for our house. The Bible says the cross of Jesus is the power of God. Every time you come to church, every time you open the Bible, every time you pray to Jesus, He's there for you. His cross confronts our sins and then cleanses us from all of it. Never forget what you've done to Jesus. And never forget what Jesus has done for you. Look on the one you have pierced. Amen. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, throughout your word, from Zechariah in the Old Testament to Paul in the New Testament, we're, we're pointed to you on the cross. Jesus, when we see you on the cross, there's two things that you want to have happen in our hearts. Every time we see your cross, it's a call for us to repent. Dear Lord, we pray that you forgive us for not mourning over our sins. We can be so apathetic. We can treat sinning against you as, as if it doesn't matter at all. Use your Holy Spirit in our hearts to lead us to mourn and to repent every time that we sin against you. But don't ever leave us there. Every time we see our sins, remind us that at your cross you opened up a fountain. A fountain that washed us clean from all sin and impurity. 
the blood that you shed cleanses us from every sin. Dear Lord Jesus, as we go through our lives, hold before our eyes your cross. Help us to cling to you, just like you cling to us. In your name we pray. Amen.